everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Joyful Grounds. So guys, we have Sam Branham on the podcast today and we are so, so excited. Sam, I'm seriously so happy that you're here. I know it took a lot today, especially to get onto the podcast, but I'm so happy that we could just be here together. So if you guys do not know, Sam is an amazing woman. She seriously has been just a big influence in my life. I've met Sam, gosh, like back in college, so probably around like 2014-ish? Yeah. 15, maybe? Yeah. 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 It's been a grip, though. So I've known her for a while. I can't believe it's already 2023. So I've known her for a while. But today, I'm going to let Sam kind of, I know, right? I'm like, hello? Like, what? Um, But today, we're going to give Sam the opportunity to talk about her story. Um, Sam is a beautiful, wonderful, educated woman who, um, to my knowledge, still working in the working world, but also has a beautiful story when it comes to endometriosis. And so we're going to kind of let Sam just talk about that today. So yeah, I guess, Sam, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about you. Who is Sam Branham? Like, who who are you? So for those who are listening, they kind of get an idea about who you are. Yes. So obviously, I'm Sam Branham, previously Denture, as most people know me. And I currently live in North Carolina. I'm kind of like dead center. It's nice. I got the mountains, the beach. It's like the perfect location. I have three adorable okay. little puppies that are not really puppies. They're like seven, but <laughs> I have three <laughs> dogs. Have you have dogs. <laughs> yeah, I have three dogs and two cats and they're absolutely like my kiddos. I love them so freaking much. And I am married to possibly no, absolutely one of the best people in the world. And he's just my whole heart. Yes. Honestly, he's been my rock through everything. And I would not be where I am today if it weren't for him. Truly. Truly, truly. Yeah, his name's Sean. He- yes, he's Oh yeah. No, he seriously is like he's he's a golden man. Like I've met him a handful of times and truly I'm like, wow, I'm like, they're really like and even like upon meeting you and then meeting him, I'm like, there's no one better. Like oh. there's just was no one better for you. Yeah. It's totally like orchestrated by God. Like it is truly amazing. It really, really is. I love that so much. So Sam, so today I obviously wanted to bring you onto Joyful Grounds to talk a little bit about your story. I think like when I first met you, I was like, this girl's so bubbly. Like, you know, you have just such like an exuberant, positive like personality. But I know you've gone through like, honestly, you've gone through hell and back. And I know like, and I don't like say that like in a small like way. Like I know you've gone through a freaking lot in life. Yeah. And I just remember upon meeting you, I was like, okay, so like, you know, everyone who I think we always hear like everybody who's so happy has like some, I feel like it's so sad, right? It's so sad to be like, everyone who's positive has probably went through something bad. And I hate that, right? But it's, it's true. Like, I mean, but it's kind of happy or not. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. But I remember like talking to you and you were just like, listen, my body is like a wreck. And I'm like, okay, like what is going on? And so honestly, I had never even heard of endometriosis at all until I had met you. And that like is baffling to me because we met in our twenties or like our early, yeah, pretty early twenties. And so I'm like, as a woman, I'm like, how had I never heard of endometriosis, PCOS, like, you know, like polycystic or ovarian, what is that? Syndrome. Close. I was there. Thank you. And so it was like, I know, right. I'm like, oh, that's mom brain for you. But I was like, how do I, how have I never heard of these things? Be just being a woman. And so it really opened my eyes to be like, okay, like, 
as women, like for one, we've got to understand and know our bodies like way better than we do now. Like I feel like it, we just need to, we need to, but it really opened my eyes. And I know as time has gone on, you've shared a little bit of your story over on social media. Even this past, past month in March was women's history month. But on top of that, it was actually endometriosis awareness month. And, um, so Sam here decided to like share more of her story, like in a big way. And so, um, if, if you can, if you don't mind just telling like the listeners or us here, like, um, like what is endometriosis, I guess, for those who don't know? So endometriosis, that is a good question. Honestly, researchers are still trying to figure out what exactly it is. It was previously classified as lining that is similar to the tissue lining inside of the uterus found outside of the uterus. And it can be found virtually, which they know now, anywhere in the body. So it can be found on your brain, on your heart, in your diaphragm, everywhere except for direct wow. on your spinal cord. That is the only place it has not been found. It's wow. fingernail beds. It is crazy. Belly buttons, super common for endo. Things you wouldn't think about. Yep. Wow. Yep. So, and how not I kind of all. describe it is so funny, actually, not The Last of Us has come out. So I feel like more people can actually visualize it, you know? But endometriosis mm-hmm. kind of like that inner network underneath the surface of how like all the mushrooms would talk to each other. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. It's like a bunch of scar tissue and lesions and it's very estrogen. Um, it's like irritated by estrogen very easily. So some people, some researchers believe it actually produces its own estrogen. But while that hasn't been proven, women and men and everyone who has endo, um, they just have high estrogen counts. So that's a very common trait, but that's kind of an idea of what endometriosis is. Um, So yeah. (laughs) That is crazy. I didn't even think about it affecting men. And I know on like, you have to forgive me because that may like just make me sound dumb, but I truly didn't even think about that in my mind. In my mind, endometriosis was so hormone-based that I was like, this truly has to just be something affecting women in their like ovarian or ovary area. I didn't actually know that it could affect men as well. Yeah. Wow. Actually- that is crazy. Rename it as well as reclassify it because it does affect all genders it affects both sexes and it can again it can be found virtually anywhere in the body and they're actually relating it more to like a cancer because it reacts very similar to cancerous tissue where there's just kind of random spontaneous growth throughout the body and yeah the only way to really get rid of it is cut it out and even at that there's still a less than 20 percent chance of it not recurring so yeah Wow. That is literally so much like cancer, like truly the, at least with the reoccurring part of like, you can remove it, but Hey, it could come back depending on just how your body reacts to the surgery. That is insane. Now, like, have you, have you noticed in like your time of having endometriosis? Like, um, I guess like, so like, let me like try to rephrase this when you found out you had endometriosis, was it based off of like a certain amount of like symptoms or arrangement of things that were going on? I guess kind of like Like many other women who have been diagnosed with endometriosis. Eventually I started experiencing, Mm -hmm. I was in high school, so I just had a lot of pelvic pain. I had very odd periods, which I feel like that's why it's so related. So many people think of it as like a period disease because your symptoms are worse when you're on your period because that's when your hormones are, you know, (laughs) 
So um, yeah. the way that yeah. I was actually diagnosed was after years of having pain and going to gynecologist, my PCP, going basically everywhere, the only thing they were thinking that it could have possibly been was gallbladder. They thought I had gallbladder issues because my blood work, um, other than looking totally normal and having high estrogen, they noticed that I had a very, very high white blood cell count. So they were like, okay, so this kind of works with gallbladder surgery. Maybe we'll just remove it to be safe. You know, because that makes more yeah. sense than trying to look at like pitchiosis. But anyway, so I was actually yeah. in college. I was working out with, I believe it was Allie. And um, I was working okay, out with yeah. Allie's Yes. And I was on the elliptical. That's crazy. All of a sudden, I had this like severe sharpshooting pain. And I have a vasovagal response, which is where when you're in severe pain, you just kind of pass out. <laughs> so I was on wow. the elliptical. Okay, like, um, hold on a second. Like, wait. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's so true. So that totally happened. Um, I have a very high pain tolerance. So I always laugh because the only way I know I'm in pain is if I pass out. So I was on the elliptical. I started feeling super yeah. sick. I like had to lay on the ground. I was like, I'm in so much pain. I'm dizzy. I'm kind of blacking out. So I end up going back to my house. I just, I don't know. I don't even remember. I take a shower or something and go to bed. And then I woke up the next morning and my stomach was distended to the point where it looked like I was probably like eight months pregnant and my um, stomach was hard as a rock. And I was like, okay, that's a little yeah. sketch. And funny enough, this is where God and Sean come into it. The night before had been my second first date with Sean. Because we dated in high school, broke up, got back together in college. Yes. So the night before, we had had our second first date at good old Red Robin. And I text him. I'm like, bro, I've got like a massive food poisoning or something. Are you feeling okay? Because we had the exact same thing. And he was like, I'm fine. I was oh. like, crap. So then I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll go to class. I'll walk it off. You know, like the little runner in me was like, I'll just run it off. It'll be fine. So I don't even make it a few steps. I walk down the stairs from my apartment, start walking to class. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I can't move. I'm in so much pain. So I called my friend to take me to the ER and I get there and they had been well acquainted with me at that point because I had been dealing with heart palpitations, panic attacks out of nowhere. So when I get there, the nurse kind of gives me this sly little look and she's like, I know why you're here and we're not giving you drugs. And I was like in shock because I've never oh, done what? an illicit drug what? in my life. And I was like, right? I don't even want drugs. Don't give me drugs. And she looked at me and I was like, yeah. I'm here for answers. I'm tired of coming here and you're obviously tired of seeing me. So then the night yep. me fighting with the nurses, like, please, for the love of God, I feel in my soul. I can feel God telling me take pictures of your pelvis. So I tell them, I'm like, can we just get some pictures? I feel wow. like something's going on in my stomach. And they're like, it's probably your gallbladder. I'm like, I don't care. I'm telling you, I'm going to pay for an MRI. Mm -hmm. Just do it. So we go, the MRI tech was great. I remember that. And then um, they'd give me the MRI. I go back to my room. Usually previous MRIs I've had for like, I don't know, torn muscles and such. They take a little minute to come back. But this lady, she was, that nurse was right back in my room, pale as a sheet. And she looked at me and she said, call who you need to call. You're going into emergency surgery. No more food or water for you for the rest of the day. When was the last time you ate? And I was just like, 
<laughs> okay, that's validating, but crap. So um, I end up calling my yeah. parents and then I find out that I have a mass growing inside of my pelvis that was the size of a small watermelon, which I think is about like 30, 20 to 30 centimeters large. Um, and then mm -hmm. the doctor who the attending or whoever was there at the time, he came into my room and he explained to me, look, we're not confident that we're able to get this out. So we're going to send you to a gynecological oncologist. So within a week, I end up at this gynecological oncologist. And that's when I see this thing. And I actually, funny enough, I named it Bart after the statue at Wright State. It was the yes. big ridiculous. Sam. <laughs> Guess what the A stands for? <laughs> so that I named it Bart. And I was like, okay, so what are we gonna do about Bart? But Bart was literally massive. I had looked at the screen and I was like, Oh, what's that? And he goes, That's your tumor. And I was like, dang, okay. Because I thought it was my stomach or something. Like I'm just trying to make conversation because the doctor's yeah. like, he can barely talk either. Like he's in shock. So we set a surgery date. I now go through the awkward task of telling all my friends and my family, hey, I might have cancer. Um, don't know, but probably going to have a hysterectomy and I'm only 20. Remember that. <laughs> Fun stuff. Funsies. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah, do. Yeah, I, I did. I re yeah, I literally remember that. <laughs> it was so awful, mm -hmm. like, telling everybody. It was horrible. Honestly, it was worse seeing their reactions than, like, receiving the news. But so I go into this thinking I'm going to have chemo, radiation, and... I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, my 21st birthday, I can't even have a drink because I'm going to be going through all this. And like, I wasn't even thinking of having a hysterectomy at that time because I was like, uh, like, I don't know. I was 20. You don't think about those things. So yeah. I have the surgery. I come out and they're like, congratulations. It's benign. It's non-cancerous. They said, this is going to get a little graphic. They said when they, this is like, bitch, no, um, I have a five inch scar, like a cesarean, but it's bikini cut. So it's up and down. They said that as soon as they cut me open, just blood came out. And they said everyone in the room held their breath and were like, what are we getting ourselves into? But they pulled out the mass that they were able to get out in one piece was 10 centimeters and the rest had just exploded. And that's what caused that pain on the elliptical. And then they're like, so the good news is it's not cancer. The better news is it's endometriosis. And I was like, Okay. Okay. I'd heard of endo. That had kind of been like, actually funny enough, my boyfriend that I'd had in high school, his mom was a nurse and she was the first one to say, do you think you might have endometriosis? And I was like, I don't know. I've never been to a gynecologist at that point. I didn't know. So now I find out I have endo and I'm like, the true millennial in me is let's hop on Dr. Google and find, <laughs> find a specialist yep. nearby. So I find one. And that's when I learned the hard lesson that all endometriosis specialists aren't, they don't actually know, they aren't up to date on research, funny enough. Um, so what I end up doing is yeah. he ends up putting me on birth control because that can mask symptoms. Agreed. Yes, we all agree on that. Um, which mm. I later learned can actually yeah. be dangerous because the endo can keep growing. So it's like you can put a band on wow. a festering scar or festering wound, but that wound's going to keep festering. You have to treat it. So I did a birth control. Um, I went through another surgery because he's like, surgery is the only other thing we can do that can help the pain. And that type of surgery is called ablation. That was laparoscopic. So I got a bunch of, I'm all polka dotted, a bunch of tiny little scars. And the ablation surgeries were, um, that's where they go in and they burn the endo. 
And um, I later learned that excision surgery is the gold standard. And that is where they go in and they actually cut the endo out. And I correlate this to like a field of dandelions. If you just take a blowtorch and you go Mm, at that field, of course, everything's going to (laughs) die. But it's still going to come back because the roots are there. So excision surgery is where someone takes the time, gets on their hands and knees with a little trowel, and they dig each dandelion up however long it takes and the next season you'll still get some coming up but it gets it lessens as you progress throughout surgeries throughout your life because it is something you will have more than likely the rest of your life um a lot of women still get it even after they have a hysterectomy it just alleviates the symptoms but it doesn't doesn't always end it but yeah that's how i found out (laughs) just a short little story wow yeah I like it's crazy like thinking back to like physically like being there like being someone who knew you during that time it's just like well like I you mentioned which again for those who are listening I have not actually heard this story in a very long time besides reading some of the things that you had posted on your social media like on Facebook and I was just like I was reminded of you when you brought up the thought about cancer I was like oh my gosh yeah I remember I do remember when we all were like oh my goodness like one of our friends has cancer I do remember that like the whole point of like oh my gosh like does someone we know have cancer like we're so young. I think like hearing your story and remembering that like, God, like we, you were barely 20. Yeah. You were 20 turned 21, but like barely like adult, barely a legal age at all. And it's like, whoa. So like, I don't know. I I don't think I even got the opportunity to ask you probably because we just weren't mature enough at that point in time. But how do you, if you can remember, and I guess even now, like, how do you think you were doing mentally when it came to that? Obviously you explained like having to tell people it was very hard to see other people's reactions when you're like, Hey, I have a tumor. I have a Bart. Um, (laughs) like, you know, like, but how, how were you doing? How were you doing mentally with all that? I can't imagine. But I want to I want to know how you're doing mentally and I guess now how you're doing mentally with that. Oof, girl, question. Um, so when I first got the news, my I feel like my reaction, I was always like fight or flight. I'm going to fight it. Like, I'm ready to go. Tell me what we got to do. What do mm-hmm. I expect? Do not sugarcoat it. Tell me how it is. And the doctors were actually really great about that. So they were like, this could be really serious, especially when they thought it was cancer. Um, I remember the nurse yeah. actually, as I was being, as I was leaving the oncologist right before I had surgery, this is like the sweetest, most touching moment I've ever had, but it was his surgery nurse. She came up to me with a little note. She was just a little or older lady. And she was like, you are being oh, so brave and so strong, but I know that it has to hurt inside and there's a little fear in there and I don't want you to avoid it. She goes, and when you need to cry and when you do cry, she goes, call me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never did. Looking back, I wish I had, but it was, I had a lot of anger. Back then I was still able to work out. So despite being in so much pain and stuff, I was still trying to move, run, just anything I could get my anger. I remember punching the steering wheel and I found out it really hurts (laughs) to punch a steering wheel. Um, (laughs) And since then, it has been, I'm now going on 29, and it has, I don't want to say, I mean, it's alleviated. I still get angry. I still get frustrated, especially because after every surgery, like all the years that go by, I lose a little bit more of myself and where I kind of, 
I mean, I put my earthly identity. It's just true. It's what we do. And I can no longer run. Mm -hmm. I used to be a kickboxing instructor. I can no longer box. I can't do, I can't even do anything high impact now because the scar tissue is so intense that if anything pops or pulls in my organs, then I get my vasovagal or I just throw up, which I'd rather have vasovagal. No one wants to other friends while they're running so um i'm doing a lot better true good point (laughs) yeah yeah i'm doing a lot better now sean has obviously been there with me since the beginning we didn't start dating till probably about almost a year probably since being diagnosed after i was diagnosed and i literally don't know what i would do without him he gave me so much encouragement he had wisdom and he's the one who truly showed me that like when in the Bible, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. It's like, okay, well, then what do I love my spouse with? What do I love my kids with? And that's because you love them with God's mm-hmm. love. And he is probably the first vacation yeah. of that I've ever experienced in my life. And without him, yeah. I mean, like, we do lose a lot of women to they unalive themselves and such throughout endometriosis. And I mean, I had those thoughts before it's hard waking up every day and you're in a battle with your body. And some days you wake up and you are just incapable. There's just no way you're have a migraine. My stomach is throbbing for me. My endometriosis is actually worse in my bowels and my intestines. During my last surgery, she said that she would have had to have removed most of my small intestine and I would have woken up with an awesome bag and that I was officially beyond her control and she's one of the best in the East Coast. So, um, so for me, it's a lot of bowel pains. Like that includes bending over, standing up, sleeping weird. I sleep on my ankle weird. I wake up and I'm hobbling. I sleep on my stomach weird and I'm down for two days. Um, diet has helped a lot because if I don't have a good diet, I am miserable. So it's like alleviating the things that you have in my control, um, to make the things that I do not have in my control better and more palatable really so I still struggle especially because the last few years Sean and I have been trying to conceive to no avail and um that has been really hard because like I mean all my friends are getting pregnant having babies like you and it's beautiful and I love it but it's like there's always still that little piece in me that dies (laughs) it just hurts and um but I do think it's beautiful because from the start when I met Sean one of the first things he ever told me is like, by the way, like when the kid conversation came up, it was like, I've always wanted to adopt. So that is something that this is probably news to a lot of people. This is something we're going to start working on within the next year. It's working on adopting. We're getting our house. We're buying our house this year. Dave Ramsey style. Shout out to Emo. He's been helping. Yeah. (laughs) No loans. All good. But yeah. So um, get in the house and then we're going to look at adopting. And I think I literally could not get through this if it were not for my incredible spouse my family and my just amazing friends who have made this help me get through it by keeping it light and happy and like handing me things to throw when I'm angry and I don't know how to express myself like I could not do it without without you guys I really couldn't yeah that's huge first of all congratulations on that like on the like you know looking at houses and the like possibility like for adopting I know that's a lot and you know that was something I was going to ask you also thank you for just sharing like just how you are doing I think it's so important for people to know that like you're going through something and like I feel like people 
and people who don't know they're like okay well she went through like those surgeries like she went through like past tense so like she's probably like okay now because now she's just dealing with it every day and it's like no like there's still an everyday struggle you know to be honest like i had no idea that if you like you personally if you slept wrong that you woke up in pain depending on like obviously some of us wait like you know like oh i slept on my arm wrong so i woke, woke up my arm was asleep well you know but like that that's not the same as like i woke up and my body decided to like not properly function so i have to call off work or i can't eat or drink or hey like man i really want like tacos but i can't even have a craving because the way that my body's gonna react like you know like that's and you can't do the things that you once did so like you can't right like really though half the time it is i feel like yeah I feel like it is worth it <laughs> from someone who like struggles with like a dairy intolerance. Um, the ice cream do be worth it, but like, I can't imagine because like at the end of the day for me, I'm a little dairy intolerant. So I'm just going to end up on the pooper for a little bit longer than normal. But for your situation, you know, it, this is, yeah. this is almost, this is out of your control. You know, like it really is like, you know, obviously a dairy intolerance, all those are things out of people's controls too. But like you can, someone can have oat milk, you know, ice cream or dairy friendly, like, free ice cream but you can't have a like there's certain things that you can't do because now you have endometriosis you just can't get a new like alternative body. system in that way like a new alternative body right and <laughs> in heaven right in heaven yeah right heaven is like art yeah exactly but like that who you know that's not soon but seriously thank you for just sharing that because i wait what was it oh yeah that's a little ways away hopefully <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I was like, you know, that's, I was like, oh, you know, thanks for sharing about, you know, the possibility, like the, how you even felt, how you felt like, oh, like, oh, no, I wanted to like unalive myself and all those things. Like, thanks for saying those things, because I think that sometimes, especially people like me or others who may not be struggling with like, um, like endometriosis, PCOS or any other hormonal induced issue or just like, honestly, just our bodies failing us. I think that we sometimes like, it's kind of like, I'm not living it. So it's easy for me to like wash over it. If that makes sense. Like it's not my everyday. So I'm not, you know, and that's, I'm not thinking about it all the time, but you know, I, I just, man, and you know, big, super big shout out to Sean, because like, I, I remember just watching him be there for you and you still, we still see that today through social media. Thank God. But you know, and man, Sam, like that is like, that is, that is truly like, I just think it's, it's hard. And you know, something I I've talked to a couple of friends, I have other friends who, um, have endometriosis and PCOS and they said that like and I don't know if you mentioned this when you're speaking but that it is extremely difficult to get a diagnosis is that still something that you find for people it's extremely hard still to get a diagnosis for endometriosis and PCOS I don't know if that's still yes so the only way to technically be able to diagnosis is through a pathological report via surgery so they have to take some of your tissue that they the lesions, some of the endometriomas, and then they take it back to the lab and then they test endometriosis, yes or no. That's the only way to technically do it. There are ways to not oh. circumvent, but ways to figure out, okay, so I have these symptoms. You can do an MRI or maybe an ultrasound and they're like, okay, so your ovaries are tucked underneath your uterus. That's usually indicative of endometriosis. So there's ways where you can kind of allude and guess to it. But I highly, highly, highly recommend doing a massive plug here for Nancy's Nook. If it weren't for Nancy's Nook, it's nancysnookendo.com. And it has all the information you need about 
where to get diagnosed, how to get diagnosed, and then what to do once you are diagnosed, Mm -hmm. as well as just latest research on endometriosis. They're actually looking for a monthly or they're working towards a monthly antibody injection that has been proven to be efficient so far in all of their tests so it's so much better than like most I feel like it's it's hard to get diagnosed it might be a little bit easier now but doctors are pushing Orlissa, Lupron, all these chemical menopause drugs and while they can like birth control help mitigate the symptoms the endo is still growing it may not grow as fast as lupron but like for me Mm. the side effects were so awful i had fevers vomiting i had um hair loss skin issues um i mean i had pretty much i had the bone density issues i have i still get the joint aches from it and i still get hot flashes from it and i was only on it for six months i only did two Mm. rounds and it was originally a chemotherapy drug for men with testicular cancer. And then they were like, let's try it on women with endo. And they've been trying to prove it since the 80s, but there's no real data to show that these things work. So I think it's scarier for me, for women who are going out and finding, or people who are going out and finding a diagnosis right now, because you're going to hear those things first. You're going to hear the chemicals. You're not going to hear, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, excision surgery is best because most insurances only cover ablation, which is the burning. And while that can alleviate for a minute, I actually found ablation caused more issues for me. I've had four surgeries, two ablation, two excision. And after the two ablation surgeries is when I started experiencing my really bad pain. And when I had the excision surgery, my doctor actually had to clean up from the ablations which is insane. So it's scarier to me thinking of women getting diagnosed because they're not going to hear the excision. They're not going to hear the diet, the healthy lifestyle. It's a holistic treatment. It is a full body disease and you need to treat it full body, mentally, physically, like get yourself a therapist, (laughs) eat a low estrogen. Yes. (laughs) Make sure you can walk. Even if you can't hardly move for the day, like try moving, try stretching, even like Anything is better than being stationary and just medicating. Not to mention that's terrible for you mentally. Mm. It's hard. You can't do that. It's no life. You know, a lot of women end up on disability. Yeah. And it's because they just, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I heard that sooner. So if you're out there and you think, you heard it. I'm here to help you. (laughs) (laughs) NancySnookEndo.com. That is the place. Man, and I'll make sure to put that in the description too. Yeah. We'll put that in the description box as well. Like, because I mean, I think there's, I'm sure there's women, even myself included, I'm like, hmm, like, could I have, you know, like we all just start, que- I think as women, as especially as we get older, we start questioning, like, do I have this unheard of thing? Like, I, and I think like, for me, at least as time has gotten older, I'm like, my anxiety has become more centralized on like my health and my mental and physical health. I'm like, I'm like, am I doing okay? Like, am I going to survive my child's like life? You know? So anyways, I'm like thinking about that. Oh man, Sam, thank you so, so much for today. Um, before we completely end today's episode, um, I just want to, I guess want to ask, like, I do this little thing at the end of each episode called a joyful tidbit. And basically, it's just like a tiny bit of encouragement for the listeners. And so, um, you know, I would specifically just like, if you on the spot right now, could you, um, do you think maybe you could just give just some advice to anyone who may be dealing with like an undiagnosed illness, um, specifically endometriosis, but kind of like any, any, any advice, any kind of encouragement that you could leave with us for today? Man, I just got a little emotional. I don't know why. Um, My advice would be... 
It's honestly, it's a 21 Pilots lyric, but the sun will come out again. It's really dark, and there's times you're going to be in the pit of despair, but just like the sun comes out every day, there is so much to live for. There's hope. There's hope. Even if it's not for you and your generation, please, no matter what you're going through, share your story because from sharing my story, gosh, I've probably, I've shared it every single year during March and just whenever people ask me and whenever I can. And at least, I would say at least 20 women have had surgery and either, and only one of them hasn't been officially diagnosed. Um, She was not diagnosed, but everyone else has been diagnosed. And everyone except for me has had the surgery and been able to get pregnant afterwards. But um, you're just, you're, you're not alone. Even if it is a disease where it feels very lonely, there are other people who are living lives similar to you and you're loved and you're special and the best thing you can do for the world, even if it's not your generation where it's healed, it'll be the next, it'll happen. It'll happen. Just have faith. It will happen. That's huge. Thank you. That speaks to me. (laughs) If no one else knows, thank you so much for that. That's huge. Thanks. Thanks for just being vulnerable. Yeah. No. And I, you know, I, I like hate ending episodes like this because I'm like, wait, like what there could be more, you know, like, isn't it? No. And I just, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Well, guys, it makes sure. Of course. Seriously, it means a lot. It really does. Like, I'm, I remember reaching out and I was like, listen, we got to get you on the pod. We got to get you on the podcast. Um, is there anywhere that people can find you if they would like to follow you? If not, that's okay. But are there, is there anywhere? So um, on Facebook, that's where I share the most about this, honestly. Um, my name is Samantha Denture Branham. It'll be in the caption. My Instagram, han- Instagram handle is at S-A-M-A-R-I-I-3. <laughs> and those are probably the two. I think I'm there. Yep. So those are probably the two places that yeah, you're here. Me. you can DM me, ask me any question. Um, I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything, but I can at least guide you in the right direction. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Perfect. And again, I'll put all her information in the box. I didn't know. I was like, maybe she doesn't even want to be mentioned on the social media. <laughs> all right, guys. So this has been another episode of Joyful Grounds. Uh, thank you, Sam Branham, for being on the podcast today. And we will catch you guys next week.